0: You're listening to Becoming Fully Alive, hosted by Church of the Ascension in Knoxville. I'm Billy Daniel.
1: And I'm Caroline Vogel.
0: So it's fall break in Knoxville, so we're doing something a little different the next couple of weeks?
1: So we're not moving forward in the Gospel of Luke for these two Sundays, but we probably are still thinking about them and letting them marinate. Um, but while we're doing that, we thought we'd give a little bonus material.
0: I love bonus material. <laughs>
1: sure. And so what you're about to hear is a little bit of a reflection on uh, a recent sermon. that your,
0: I, your sermon. It's
1: my sermon that, um, was preached on the September 25th. And so we're going to kind of flesh it out a little bit and kind of dig into, um,
0: Cause I've got a question.
1: You, yeah so
0: i actually have a question about your question
1: that's true it's a double question
0: and that's what we're going to talk about
1: it's stay tuned it's gonna be so fun spiritus knox is a center for spiritual learning and practice we've set up a monthly offering rhythm for sunday evenings at 5 p.m the first sunday evening is the spiritus knox book study second sunday evening of the month is breathing under the oak trees Third Sunday evening is our monthly Celtic service, and the fourth Sunday is Tools of Aliveness. So we hope that you'll join us. You can learn more at our website, spiritusnox.com.
0: So I was listening to your sermon again just the other day, and you raised this question, and, and I've been rolling over it in my mind. In your bones, what do you believe about God and how God experiences you? And I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone ask that question in that particular way. Hmm. And I'm not sure that we think about God experiencing us. And I'm really curious, what, what was it that drew that question out of you? or What, what compelled you to raise that question in your sermon?
1: Hmm. Well, sermon writing is always one of those <clears throat> interesting dances with the Holy Spirit for me, where I never really know what's going to come out. I just start writing, right? <laughs> and I was really thinking about... Glennon Doyle's question about whether she's a good person or not yeah and and she was sharing such a genuine wrestle with that um, that reminded me of Jacob and the angel a lot and I mean and, and she poses this question or a similar question a lot in her writing and in her podcast and in a variety of conversations and So anyway, so I was just really taking that question into my own heart space. And I just felt so aware of how many people resonate with that question. Mm -hmm. And and so as I'm holding it in my heart space, um, I experienced the Holy Spirit just breathing through that question and saying, well, wait a minute. At the heart of the question is not so much about whether we mere mortals think we're good or bad or um or good enough it's really about how do we what do we believe about how we were created like what is it what does it say about god as the creator um and then it kind of just turned it upside down for me um and and it expanded my sense of the question, and um, then really started drawing me closer to to God. Yeah. And really wanting to wrestle with that question in a way, um, well, like Jacob and the angel. That yeah. I mean, and I guess maybe I I hadn't really thought about that too much I mean I, that analogy kept I kept visualizing that in my mind but I mm. never really fleshed that out
0: there is something about wrestling with God
1: yeah yeah and and in a way isn't it too just like with Jacob I mean he wants the blessing and mm. I, I sense that in in Glennon's questioning in humanity's questioning is that is the blessing we want mm. we want to know that we are deeply loved by God and God created us in goodness and that there's nothing um, that can shift that or change that.
0: Yeah. So the, the way that we typically go at this, though, is the very opposite. I mean, I think about William James, who really in the modern day and age was the first to kind of ask that question about our experience of God I mean people have talked about it forever but William James wrote about it as this kind of it's just part of our animal nature not part of our spiritual nature and and I wonder just in flipping that question on its head shifting it from how do I experience how do I experience God to how does God experience me mm-hmm I mean, shifting that dynamic opens us to a different way of perceiving who we are, not as sort of egocentric uh, beings that are constantly at the center of the universe, but that there is there is something going on in the universe and our relationship with God that. God is alive in us experiencing all of reality from where we are and and learning to see from that vantage point. it it almost seems like it opens us to a, a fuller sense of what it means to be, what it means to, not simply be created, but what it means to live life and to be alive.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's right. It's a different way of living into creation. Mm -hmm. Not that it's because I don't think I don't think of how God created us. That's like a a beginning point, Mm -hmm. but it creates the narrative all the way through. I mean, it's because to leave it as static is something that happened just in the beginning makes it too, it's too easily to think that at some point it could be broken and left behind. Whereas it is the thread that gets pulled all the way through, Hmm. right? That goodness in creation then is what is pulled all the way through one's life. Yeah. Breath by breath, day by day, step by step. It is the carrying out of that goodness.
0: it it makes me it makes me think also about that connectivity that we have with with the goodness within that you you know again you named this in your in your sermon quite well and and the goodness in creation and and how that goodness of god in each is sort of experiencing each other in a way that we kind of get to participate. Hmm. So uh, uh, the way that I've often thought about this is in terms of prayer, that God speaks to God in us, Mm -hmm. and we get to listen in. Right. Especially when we uh, gain that level of comfortability with the silence and we no longer feel like we have to fill it with words but we get to actually be
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and just listen and and I and I wonder about that sense of experience and 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 how it enables us to live live generously and graciously with that which is not me
1: mm-hmm. It's not you, and it is you all at the same time, be, and yeah. and you're not you're never the source of the goodness. I can be a yeah. vessel for the goodness, and and how I well this might take it in a whole different direction, but how I embody the source it is crucial. Hmm. I mean, it, it that's really important. Um, so it's not to say that the vessel isn't good. The vessel is, and that's, that's I think, the point I'm exactly trying to make, <laughs> is that when God creates each of us, our vessels, we are created in goodness to be a source of the goodness yeah. radiating from us. You know, in every interaction, in every thought, in every, in every breath, in every emotion— that the starting place the essence is goodness
0: yeah i wonder if having a a fuller sense of what it means for god to create can actually help us hold on to that sense of goodness and what i mean by that is we often think of creation as something that's happened that god created the universe and and it's done Mm -hmm. And we, we miss out on that intimate relationship that God has with creation, that God is always actively creating the universe. And because creation is always underway, because God is always actively creating, that goodness, that goodness is always coming to be through that relationship that God has initiated, created, is creating with all of us. Mm-hmm. And and it, it seems to me that if if we can tap into that fuller sense of who we are and are continuously being created, we don't have to have this good, bad, either, or kind of scenario going on. Mm-hmm. Rather... That goodness is being drawn out from us and we are being called to it over and over and over again by God's active working out the goodness in the in the world
1: yes <laughs> yes so which which takes us back right so that if we can in our bones mm. own the goodness embrace how we were created in our inception and how we continue to be created day after day as God continues to create us and form us and shape us, it will profoundly change your life.
0: Yeah. Profoundly. Because no matter how I might see myself in my shortcomings... Or even in my successes, I know that there's more being made of me Mm -hmm. if I attend to it, um, have habits and practices that open me to a deeper awareness of it, Mm -hmm. and, and then I begin to not only recognize maybe how God experiences me as something that's always becoming good,
1: mm-hmm.
0: al- always becoming one with God how, in however small increments I, I might be giving myself to, but also I, I, get, to, I get to experience who I am, As one who is always becoming more than I ever could be simply by my successes and failures.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is always so conditional. Yeah. So successes and failures are always going to be a conditioned understanding of my goodness or my badness or my worthiness. Whereas if I'm always staying connected to the goodness and the source of the goodness, then it's just a perpetual evolution and transformation in the goodness. Yeah. So, so that it, I mean, it's, it's a call into embodiment, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you keep saying B words, like just be and, um, belonging. Um, there was another one. I can't think of it that you just used, but becoming becoming that's yeah. it right so the, all these b e b and and so it's it's moving towards and it's so foreign to us in the in in the culture that we live in because we think all of those things are defined by our successes and our failures and how we perceive those sure right so it's going to be kind of vulnerable to start moving in a way in which you start to let go of those. I mean, that's a lot of conditioning around being okay with myself or mm-hmm. understanding myself as good or bad or enough um, worthy. If if I'm no longer using what I've always used, which is this, you know, my successes and failures, how am I doing? How do other people think that I'm doing? Yeah. Where's the bar um, in my inner being and what do other people think? And that's always a perception that is not grounded, Mm -hmm. um, at all in a loving God. Um, that's, that's really relying on myself and other people and it's, um, and it can become incredibly destructive and can make us crazy, (laughs) crazy. So yeah.
0: Well, and having that awareness, that we are not the source mm-hmm. of our goodness. It at once frees us from all of our mistakes and mishaps, and yet gives us a, a, a new way to be responsible, a, a new way to um, be, become. Or return to the source over and over again. So, I, in other words, I don't have to get worked up because I'm not the source of goodness. I know that no matter how bad I've done mm-hmm. or how good I've done, it's not because I'm so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not because I'm so bad, even. Mm-hmm. Rather, I'm oriented in ways that are either misdirected or rightly directed and it has to do with my awareness and attention Right. And, and yet that that attentiveness that I give to the source to the goodness is what opens the goodness of God to do its work in me mm-hmm. and so I I'm freed from having to make it happen. And I'm freed to let it be. And I'm freed to let it be in such a way that becoming responsible to the goodness and how I order my life, how I relate to people is all joy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not constrained. It's not a chore. It's not a duty. It's, it's joy. It, it, it's inhabiting the world with that fuller sense of grace that I get to do this right I get to tap into the source of life because it's it's in my bones right
1: yeah exactly so I think it might be helpful to use like a a specific situation because I think examples have a tendency to ground us in like Whoa, helping all this land. Um, so I'm thinking, for example, of of my kids, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess the first example comes around like uh, waiting on a particular test to be scored and put into the system, and that anticipatory waiting, and and it's like and, and when you're waiting. To get that test result back are you saying to yourself like this is going to make or break how i feel about myself how mm. i how i experience myself yeah and or can i stay grounded at a sense of regardless of whether this was my best work or my worst work or i was just having an off day or whatever it doesn't it doesn't create a scapegoat for us and do I, but regardless of whatever that score is, do I get to stay grounded in this sense of God created me in goodness and I am living goodness every single day? Am I going to get it perfect? No. <laughs> does this test, does this score have to be a reflection of who I am as a person?
0: Right. It, it, it might be a reflection on how well prepared I right. was. Right. Did I study? Did I not study? <laughs> But but it doesn't, it doesn't alter who I am in my personhood. Exactly. And yet, that has been some of the, perhaps one of the one of the biggest challenges facing, especially young people right now, because it feels like it. Yes. It, it feels like it. Um, that if I don't do this, or if i if I if I'm not. Performing this way at the athletic event that I'm that I'm not worthy. I'm not I'm not worth. I'm not worth my existence I'm I don't belong Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, and and I think the wider culture has a tendency to encourage that kind of Identity that sense of self that's related to the success and the failure. Yeah, and and it's so detrimental and it doesn't actually help people grow.
1: No. It keeps them in fear. Mhm. But it doesn't help them grow.
0: Yeah, it's 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 living in um, sort of a just a, a constant state of shame and guilt.
1: Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. which creates a hustle. Right. And and it's crippling. Yeah. It it's crippling because I'm I always understand myself in light of what I'm not, right? As opposed to recognizing that, oh, I'm getting there. You know. You well, know. Uh,
1: well, it, that and accepting. Oh, right. I am made in goodness. Yeah. And and this this test score does not define. It is not a reflection of. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm good or not.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: as much as my coach, as much as my teacher or professor, as much as my parent may want to define me that way. Yeah. I don't have to define myself that way.
0: And, and you know, this is a a subject for another conversation, but I think these are the false prophets. Hmm. You know, I think of those teachers who have been prone to say, oh, he's just a bad kid. Yes. And No such thing. No such thing. That's the false prophecy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the false prophecy when we, when we name persons as bad, evil, or what have you. And instead of naming who they are at their core and calling them to it.
1: Yes. So you want to know what excites me? Always. So having this conversation in light of being part of the body of Christ, mm. so much in our culture we take in and, and consider just about my individual relationship with God. Yeah. Right? But what totally thrills me is this idea that as a whole body of Christ, it wouldn't just be a solitary practice of seeing myself in a certain way, seeing, remembering every day when I wake up, oh, I'm created in goodness, may goodness flow from my being all through the day. I mean, that's a great way to start the day. Yeah. And it's a great place to start and but to be part of a group of people who are not only doing that individually but calling it forth in each other Mm -hmm. I mean whoa I mean that (laughs) is just that's amazing right I mean so we're not talking about just a game changer in terms of like how I live my day but a game changer in terms of like how we like I said call it forth in each other
0: yeah and if we're really being the body of Christ, mm-hmm. we are doing just that. We're 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 making each other's eyes shine, right? By how we live our life, by the words that we speak. Um, I, there's a uh, there's a children's book that anytime this this uh, kind of conversation comes up, that just always comes back, and it's called "There Were No Mirrors in My Nana's House," mm. and. And it was a it was put into a song. There were no mirrors in my Nana's house. And, and it's a lovely and it tells about this little girl who grew up in her Nana's house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and she says, I never knew that my nose was too wide. I never knew that my skin was too dark. I never knew. And she goes on to say, because the beauty of everything was in her eyes, mm-hmm. in her Nana's eyes. And I think about what a wonderful way to go about the world where I'm not just looking at myself through a mirror and picking out all the stuff that is flawed, wrong, or even right, but rather there's somebody in my life or there are people in my life who are telling me, you're beautiful, mm-hmm. you're good, mm-hmm. go live it.
1: Mm-hmm. Or live it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Not just go by yourself and live it, but like, let's live this out together.
0: Let's live it, yeah. Yeah. Let's walk home together, Yeah. maybe. Yeah, That I mean, that's the perfect image, right, of the body of Christ, that we're constantly naming the good in each other, the good that's being created right now in each other, with each other.
1: Yeah, because oftentimes it happens through each other. Oh I recognize my goodness yeah. in relationship. I
0: I don't think there's any other way. hmm There's no other way. And and that's the I mean, perhaps the real mark of humility is not trying to name my own goodness mm-hmm. but letting others name it. Mm-hmm. And having the humility to receive it.
1: Yes. And, and and don't you think, too, like, I think this is maybe a spiritual practice in and of itself, is if I go through my day, there have been times where I sense that someone is appreciating the goodness in me. Hmm. And they don't ever put words to it. Yeah. But I feel it. I know it. I have a sense of it, and I can take that into my heart space and let it just feed
0: me. Yeah.
1: Right? Um
0: and rest there.
1: And rest there. Like I don't, I've I've gotten to the place now where I don't I don't need somebody to say it out loud. I mean it's wonderful. It's it's such a gift when it is. Oh, I
0: hate it when people say it out loud to me.
1: Shush. And so <laughs> And we don't have to be so reliant on people's words, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't want this to become a way of like clinging for or mm-hmm. a, a, of a needing of an external resource. No, I do think though that the the energy between the the eyes that shine, mm-hmm. the the recognition in one's heart of the goodness is more than enough. Yeah. Even when words are not not shared, not said, and and i have to be i have to be mindful of those times when i'm looking for other people
0: mm-hmm.
1: to recognize it or name it cuz i mean that can be a dicey place too
0: sure
1: right like i don't want to become dependent on that because that's moving away from the source yeah and that's a, you know that's a little bit tricky that's tricky how the source is made known to us, is made manifest in other people, mm-hmm. and and in the and in the space between, and yet mm-hmm. somehow not needing it, um, being able to rest.
0: Yeah, because it's a it's a real spiritual discipline, not to need the praise,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a spiritual discipline. To name it for those who need it. Yeah. And and that's a tricky balance it's to find. It's very tricky.
1: Yeah, which is why I think what helps me with that, um, I guess what helps me with all things, is is going back to the source. Yeah. And saying, "Whew, okay, I'm feeling a little too reliant. I'm feeling a little too like needy or clingy uh, for an external." Yeah. Right? And so, gracious God, can you help me with that? Can you restore me to a sense of peace and rest within my own heart space, regardless?
0: Yeah, because if I need it, it it's evidence of my own sense that I'm I'm lacking something from God. Mm-hmm. And we're not. It just feels that way. Right. Because coming back to the original question, God experiences us, right? Mm -hmm. In the way that God has and is creating us from, to, and for goodness. Right. And if I can rest in that confidence, then... I need less and less the praise of others. Right. It's great. Right. And and I'm able to extend that generously to those who may just need a little encouragement today.
1: Right. Like, so maybe that my heart could be open enough to perceive where there is... Um, a need or a a hunger a thirst in someone else, and I may be able to speak into that place, yeah, not as n- not as oh, let me be the one that fixes that gap or fills that space right, but as a vessel of the goodness
0: well, as a way of naming the source in them, yes, yeah. yeah, and drawing it out
1: because because there is something a little bit of a nuance here that I think is can trip me a little bit and I think trips other people is praise is one thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, but there's this other really human, and I do think it's a need to be seen.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: Right. And, and so not necessarily, I can see you and I can articulate seeing you without necessarily praising you.
0: Right. And no, I, I think that's a good corrective. Because what we're, what well, we're talking to, about.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's not even meant as a corrective. I no. think it's, a, it's good to hold in our awareness sure. that, that there is praise. And that is a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think especially as children, like we do need to praise. We do need to lift up. But, but really what I experience my children yearning for, mm. and sometimes what I feel like I really yearn for, I just want to be seen for who I really am.
0: Yeah.
1: And, that, and that's different than praise.
0: It is, it is, and 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 praise is not always being seen. No, and being seen doesn't always look like praise.
1: Absolutely,
0: and and so it's. I think um, I think naming that's really important. And
1: be- don't I'm just thinking... I'm going back to the bees, the yeah. letting be. And becoming Mm -hmm. and belonging and maybe even belief is we do need to see each other that that's what gives me the deepest sense of belonging and allows me to be is when I feel very seen for who I am not just the the good, but, but probably the bad too. And just, and, and held in that container of it's all good. Yeah. You know, it's all good. And you don't need to be shooting for perfection. The wholeness of you is, is good just as it is.
0: Cause it it reminds me of that Evelyn Underhill line where she says the mark of a saint is seeing past, and through all the externals mm-hmm. and, and seeing into the truth of the person. Yeah. And in such a way that they know, they, they can tell by how we relate to them that, that they are good. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what we're after.
1: Yeah. That it, I I do think that that is really what we what we're after.
0: We've covered a lot of ground. We have. <laughs> this was perhaps more bonus than people knew was coming.
1: <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. But um, but it's full filled with goodness.
0: Full of goodness. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Becoming Fully Alive, and we invite you to join us in person for conversations just like these any Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m. here in Church of the Ascension. You are also welcome to join us for worship at 8 a.m. or 10.30 a.m.
1: Remember that this evening, October 9th at 5 p.m. at Lakeshore Park, we will be breathing under the oak trees. So bring a lawn chair, a mat, a cushion, and come ready to find some ease for your body, your mind, and your soul. Feel free to bring children, grandchildren along with you. There'll be activities for them um, into the hour offering as well. October 16th at 5 p.m. is our monthly Celtic service. And Sunday, October 23rd is our next offering of Tools of Aliveness, where we will be offering a tool called the Spiral Up Prayer that I actually created with a neuroscientist, Laurel Mellon, out in California. You don't wanna miss it. And again, we'll have something for children to do that evening as well. So we look forward to seeing you any of the next following Sundays at 5 p.m.